You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, as always, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Earlier this week, we uh, we heard from Jeffrey Essery of SB Nation's Mile High Report as we talked about uh, the week one matchup against the Denver Broncos. Today, we're going to uh, talk to... Uh, Another of our SB Nation cohorts as we look ahead to a week three matchup against the Atlanta Falcons at MetLife Stadium. We're going to bring uh, Gina Thomas of SB Nation's The Falcoholic on. Gina, how you doing? Thanks for spending some time. I am doing great, Ed, and thank you so much for having me. Hey, you know, we were we were talking off air and and, and I told you I was going to bring this up, so I might as well just do it right away. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I just have to mention, you know, 2011, 24 to two and just get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I will say it's better than a 28 to three joke, which is usually what I get when I join another podcast. Um, but yeah, 24 to two was a really painful loss. I was hosting a live meetup full of Falcons fans. And I think that I just ended up spending a lot of money on hard cider because it was really <laughs> difficult to watch. <laughs> although, although I will say since that time, I think you guys have had a little bit more success than the giants have had. So there is that. Yeah. But we also never beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, So, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, the funny, the funny part about that is it's been a rough, it's been a, a rough decade you know, for Giants fans since that 2011 Super Bowl. And, and yet I remind people all the time that in the Super Bowl era, no matter what the last, you know, nine, 10 years have looked like, the Giants still have four Super Bowl titles. They've been there five times. And there's a lot of fans of a lot of other teams that would trade places. Yes, I am one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it is what it is, Gina. It is what it is. And we'll we'll see you guys at MetLife Stadium week three. Yeah, I don't think I know the Giants are retiring Eli Manning's number this year and doing uh a lot to celebrate that 2011 Super Bowl. I don't think most of that is taking place the week of the Falcons game. I think it's actually taking place a week after that. But okay. so you guys so you guys won't have to suffer through that part. <laughs> good we do enough <laughs> suffering in atlanta so that's good news <laughs> well speak speaking of suffering in atlanta you know ever since that 
that Super Bowl that that you mentioned, things haven't gone as well as uh, as you would like in Atlanta. A couple, you think you guys had three straight losing seasons, almost a little bit, you know, mirroring the way things have gone for the Giants, although not for such an extended period of time. You know, kind of awful four and twelve season last year. Hired a new head coach, Arthur Smith from from Tennessee, and and let me let me start there. Um, are you happy about the hiring of our Arthur Smith, thirty nine year old guy? I think had only really worked, uh, you know, for the the Tennessee Titans. Guy that's an interesting story. Guy that started as a defensive quality control coach and worked and has worked his way up to to NFL head coach. So, I mean, what's the what's the thought about Arthur Smith in Atlanta? I'm really excited about him um, for a few reasons. One, the fact that he's going to be the architect of this offense is very encouraging for a fan base that has had to sit through two seasons of Dirk Cutter, the the sequel. Um, (laughs) Cutter is just not an interesting or imaginative play caller. And Smith is. I think that his track record over the past couple of years in Tennessee and you know, I wouldn't, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is certainly a serviceable NFL quarterback. I wouldn't say he's, you know, one of the top guys or anything, but I think that Arthur Smith really made him look good. And obviously, you know, when you have a player like Derrick Henry, that's a little bit easier, but I think that the thing I'm most excited about, about Arthur Smith is his background along the offensive line. He was an offensive lineman. He's coached the offensive line. Um, I really make no secret about the fact that that's my favorite position group. My dad was no line coach when I was growing up. I grew up around that position group and it really can be the difference between a successful season and an unsuccessful one. Um, Matt Ryan over the past couple of years has been just hit and harassed constantly by defenses and so I'm really excited to see what Smith can do in terms of making this offensive line unit more cohesive Um, I think that it will help a lot in the run game you know they don't really have any kind of big name star back Um, but Mike Davis I think is you know a pretty interesting guy he was able to fill in effectively for Christian McCaffrey when he was with the Panthers last year and so yeah I'm just really excited to see how it all comes together I think that he has a very different mindset than anybody that they've had and this is the first time in Matt Ryan's professional career that he's had an offensive minded head coach. Um, so yeah, overall, I'm really thrilled with the hire. Very, very excited to see how this team shapes up under his leadership. You know, Gina, this comes completely out of left field and I had no idea that I was going to go here, but <laughs> considering your offensive line background, you know, I was thinking way back in the day, way back when I played flag football in elementary school, <laughs> I was a quarterback who doubled as a defensive end. I mean, do we do we have to line up and, and, and go at it for a few reps? Um, see, I actually also played flag football at elementary school. We won the championship, by the way, and I caught a touchdown in the championship game. Um, mm-hmm. But I was a receiver. And I was also not very good at it. I lack the size. <laughs> I, I like, I get the hand placement. I get the, you know, how to establish leverage, but I'm five to like 120 pounds. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not cut out for offensive line work. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. I, I was a, I was a quarterback who after eighth grade made the choice that I was a quarterback who was really a basketball player. So <laughs> I skipped high school football under the under the theory that I really didn't want to get hurt 
to play basketball, which really means our football team was bad and I didn't want to get hit a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's actually a pretty wise decision. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So, so you got to tell me this, have Mm -hmm. you, have you adjusted yet? Have you wrapped your head around? Have you come to terms with Julio Jones, not being a Falcon anymore? I have. And I think that kind of the genesis of that is I always support players doing what's best for them. They're obviously that he had developed some bad blood between him and the organization. He wasn't happy there. He wanted out. Um, I don't think that it's reasonable to make a guy stay if he really doesn't want to play for your team. Um, And also just the compensation that the Falcons got back in return. I kind of bristled when it didn't include a first round pick just because Julio Jones is a generational talent. But the fact that they picked up his entire salary, that's something that I did not think that the new GM Terry Fontenot was going to be able to get done. And so that was really kind of the linchpin for me. Um, the fact that Tennessee was willing to absorb that entire cap hit is a big relief for the Falcons because they were desperate for cap relief. And so, yeah, I think that at the end of the day, I'm happy for him. He seems really happy in Tennessee. Um, I, you know, we have no idea what that offense is going to look like under new leadership now that Arthur Smith is in Atlanta. So it'll be interesting, but there's obviously a lot of talent around him. I think Tannehill has really grown as quarterback over the past couple of years. So, you know, I think it's great for him and the Falcons got the cap relief that they needed. And so that was really the biggest thing from Atlanta's perspective that needed to happen. So that part of it was a relief. That's right. Now that you mention it, wasn't it the Falcons that were at one point looking at not even being able to to sign their rookie class because of of needing cap relief yeah they could not sign their draft class until that trade was finalized that was the money that they needed to get that done so that was the other aspect of it like it happened at the perfect time well not the perfect time i mean they dropped that at a very inconvenient time on a sunday morning Uh, you know, you know I, it's the business. <laughs> Chris, Chris Flum and I, you know, Chris is one of my contributors at Big Blue View. And, 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 mm-hmm. and every time the Giants do something, it seems to be at a time that's just awful for both of us. And I think, you know, we're convinced that, like, don't they know our schedule? <laughs> and why do they hate us so much? Uh, it happened again this weekend. Dave from the Falcoholic was on the road. And then, of course, the horrible allegations about Parkevious Mingo came out. So then I'm dropping everything on a Saturday morning to write about that. So, yeah, it seems like they really do not have any respect for our schedules and plans. Yeah. You know, it's just there's something can, we got to do something about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. They need what... to coordinate their news drops with us. I know, you know, come on, <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't news drop when I'm headed for the golf course or <laughs> headed for the lake or, or, or whatever, you know, come on, give me a break. <laughs> yeah. At least let me finish my coffee first. folks. Yeah. That, that helps too. I, you know, I, if, if, if you're like me, it's like, I go to bed. I hate waking up to find out something happened like, between the time I went to bed and between the, and, and woke up in the morning. That's all. That's yeah. the worst. <laughs> it is. It is. And it happens. Yes, it does. Um, let me ask you this. Um, Falcons draft. How excited are people about Kyle Pitts? You know, it's kind of a mixed bag, surprisingly, um, because I think that Pitts is really a 
fantastic player. I'm really, really excited about the pick myself. But there is a smaller but pretty loud contention of Falcons fans who have decided that everything that has ever happened in this world that has not been positive is Matt Ryan's fault. They hate <laughs> Matt Ryan. It does not matter how good he is. It doesn't matter. You know, and you say, I mean, look at his stats. He's a consistent performer. You know, the offensive line is factor. They haven't had any kind of run game to speak of for a few years. Um, and they don't care about any of that. It's all Matt Ryan's fault. So there's a significant number of fans who really wanted them to draft a quarterback. And, you know, I understand why the Falcons didn't, um, because I think that they, they don't need to do a full rebuild right now. They need a better defense. They need a more cohesive offensive line and they need to get some kind of run game going, but none of those things really involve bringing in a rookie quarterback. And they had already extended Ryan before the draft. So it was pretty much telegraphing that they weren't going to take a quarterback at four simply because you don't pick somebody that high and have them set for the first year. And so, you know, I think that fans had time to kind of wrap their heads around that and chose not to. And so, yeah, there, there are some who are mad, but in general, I think people are really excited about it. And there are some other guys in this draft class too, like Frank Darby, who's already a real character. He seems super fun. Um, so a bunch of guys here that we're excited about. And I think that they filled a lot of needs too um, and did so like really efficiently. So for the first draft for this new regime, I was really thrilled with it. You know, it's interesting. You, you talk about people wanting to blame everything on Matt Ryan, <laughs> you know, by the time Eli Manning was in the middle of his career, he had won two Super Bowls and, you know, things, things basically fell apart for the giants there for, for a few years, especially, you know, the last few years of his career. And, and for me, none of that was Eli Manning's fault. All of the Mm -hmm. personnel decisions around him that, that were made the, the product that was placed around him was, was not his doing. And, you know, yet I'm convinced that by the end of his career, there's, there's a chunk of, of the Giants fan base that that had forgotten or didn't care that Eli Manning had ever done anything good for the franchise. Yeah. I think that's just the way it goes with quarterbacks. They're the most visible, they're the most obvious. They get they get too much credit and too much blame. Yeah, and you know, they do make the most money on most teams. And so um I think that that's another factor. You know, people look at that annual cap hit and they're like, oh, we need more out of this guy. But the reality is there are 10 other guys on the field at any given time. And it's really on all of them. Yeah, it is. But you know, the quarterback, like you said, he's, he's, he's the one who's always out front and he's the, he's the, the face. And, and, and as you said, the money maker. So let me ask you this about Matt Ryan. He's 36 years old now. I was just mm-hmm. looking at his numbers, and I will admit I didn't watch the Falcons play a whole lot last year. I know he's been very good throughout his career. Numbers-wise, it doesn't look like he's slipping at all. Mm-hmm. Is he still? Is he still? You know, the Matt Ryan of three or four years ago, and 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 can he play at a high level? You know, for for two, three, four more years. 
I really think that he can. Um, and so one of the things that I, I am noticing, I think that there's a little bit less bang on his deep ball now, um, which is just kind of a natural thing that happens. We certainly saw it happen with Drew Brees late in his career. Uh, not Tom Brady, but that must be like all the avocado ice yeah, he's, cream or whatever. He, he, he's, he's bionic, I think. He must be bionic. Um, but yeah, I mean, just looking at he has really managed to perform at a very consistent level over the course of his career. And he puts in a lot of work. He, his preparation is above reproach. And so I think because of that, he's very careful about how he takes care of his body, keeping himself healthy. Um, you know, he's, he's also had incredible longevity. Uh, he's only had, let's see, 2009, he missed a couple of games with turf toe and he missed a little bit of time this past season. Um, but he's been very fortunate as far as his health. And as long as that holds up, I don't see why he couldn't play to age 40 and still be competing in this league at a high level. So, you know, four and 12 last year, new head coach, um, you know, the Julio Jones trade, uh, starting over with it, you know, with it, with a new regime, basically, what really are the expectations, you know, for the Falcons this year? What would you consider what would you consider to be a good season? And that's not necessarily, you know, X number of wins, you know, but but what would be a good year, you know, for you when you when you look at this team? Well, I think, you know, to answer this, I got to look back at last year a little bit. Um, yeah, four and twelve season, it was abysmal and we saw multiple problems with this team, um, a talent deficit on defense. They had some really key injuries to important players, lost both starting safeties. That is never a good scene. Um, and so they, they haven't really been able to get any pass rush going for, I mean, since John Abraham was here in 2011. So it's really been like a decade since they've had any kind of consistent pass rush. And then, you know, just, the offensive line was a challenge, not having a run game. And then a lot of it was like a lack of discipline. If you remember the, um, their horrific attempt to recover an onside kick at the end of their game in Dallas last year, just embarrassing. Um, and then, you know, also I, I think that those were the main issues. And so, uh, oh, then also, you know, dirt cutters, uninspired play calling because defenses knew what was coming. I mean, he is so predictable. So taking all of that into context and recognizing that they did just lose a generational talent at wide receiver and Julio Jones, they've still got Calvin Ridley. Who's very good. Kyle Pitts, I think will be very good, but you know, he's going to have some, um, some growing pains as a rookie, but I'm thinking if they can get even like a decent performance out of the defense this year, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to feel happy with something right around 500 now because the NFL changed it to 17 game seasons. Can't you can't even finish 500 unless you tie, I guess. So um, I guess uh, probably nine and seven, a winning season would feel pretty good to me. I think. Yeah. It's funny because that's sort of where I am with the giants as well. I mean, it's been, it's been a rough three years, the first three years of Dave Gettleman, you know, as GM and, and I get it, you know, it's, it's just been, it was a situation where I don't think anyone realized how bare the cupboard was mm -hmm. after the 2017 season. I don't even think 
Dave Gettleman and, and co-owner John Mara really realized how how bare it was and and how much they had to do. You know, but it's it's at a point in time where I don't know if it's if it's, you know, playoffs or bust for the Giants, but I know that John Mara is running out of patience a little bit. Mm-hmm. And either from the from the Giants side, you can't have another five or six win season. You've got to no. see eight wins, nine wins, whether it whether you make the playoffs or not, you've got to see something that shows you that you've got the right quarterback, that you've got the right, you know, I think they know they've got the right head coach, but you've got to see something that tells you that, that progress is, is coming. And yes. And, you know, as I, as I talk about all of that, you know, I need to ask you, what's the, the outside perspective you know, when you think about the Giants, you know, when you think about Daniel Jones, when you think about the Giants, when you think about Joe Judge, you know, what, what's the perspective, you know, from your side? You know, I, I mean, for the first time in several years, it seems like the Giants are finally getting it together. Um, that's how it looks from the outside. I think that Daniel Jones has a lot of promise. Um, and so, and, you know, when the full offense is healthy, I think that he has a lot of weapons to work with. Um, so yeah, I think that it looks like they are starting to steer the ship in a reasonable direction. And I think that it's the first time in a while that I feel like I can honestly say that about the giants. Yeah. I, I I think I tend to agree with that. I don't know if, and there's so many factors that go into winning and losing games in, in the NFL. I don't know if you can say, well, they've got to win 10 games and got to make the playoffs, but you, it would be nice to come out of a season feeling like you watched a good football team play for most of the year. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> <I'm>, wonderful. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I'm sure that after the last three years, I'm sure you, uh, you would agree with that. I do. I have been very, very grateful for Ohio state football because the Falcons have simply not been getting it done. <laughs> At uh, least I have one reasonable team. <laughs> Ohio state. Well, you know, you, you I mean, if, if, if you're, if you're a Giants fan these days, you, you pretty much have to root for Alabama because mm-hmm. most yeah. of their roster seems to come from Alabama these days. <laughs> Half the coaching staff comes from Alabama. The roster comes from Alabama, Alabama or Georgia. Of course. Yeah. You know, it's, I've gotten to the, I've gotten to the point where with Giants draft picks, it's like, well, you're not sure who they're going to pick it's like okay well who's which players from alabama or georgia are within range in this mm-hmm. pick <laughs> <laughs> that does make it easier to project <laughs> yeah it does it does but you know i suppose the way things are now i you know with the limited amount of practice time that teams get i suppose you know because joe judge has so many connections from those programs i suppose you yeah. take the best information you can get yeah absolutely and uh, hey, you know, I, I think you know I've, I've pretty much I've pretty much gotten to the end of of what I've had for you here. So, um, you know, I just you know I just want to invite you. You know, come on up to New York for week three. Up to the beautiful, actually, come up to the beautiful state of New Jersey for week three. Yeah, I actually <laughs> really like MetLife. Um, I've only been there for a concert, you two and the Lumineers, a few years ago, but. My best friend from high school lives um, north of New York City, and so I can come up there, stay with her, head there down for go. the game. 
Yeah. There you go. There you go. I went to one concert. I went to one concert at MetLife. I went to, I think it was Kenny Chesney at, at MetLife. And that was, that was a lot of fun, except as, as much as I enjoy Kenny Chesney, he plays, I'm too old for concerts that are that loud. I'm just too old. <laughs> Getting there. <laughs> so I, I feel that. I completely uh, understand. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, Gina, thank you very, very much for spending some time with me today. Yeah, Ed, thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. All Hopefully right. I have just as much fun in week three, but we'll oh, see. Oh, <laughs> now, 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 now. There's no need. There's no need for that. You kicked it off with 24 to two. I just well, had to repay it in kind. <laughs> I, I, all right. I, I guess, I guess I did. So, so good enough. All right. All right. <laughs> Giants fans. Thank you very, very much for listening. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom. No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.